So hey, Kyle Dubas, what about this thing related to your job? Dubas responds, well, we could always take on somebody else's big contract. Well, Kyle, what about this other thing? Well, we could always take on somebody else's big contract. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates. The same place that you found this. Dubas met with Reporters over the weekend in advance of the NHL draft, which begins, peculiarly enough, Wednesday in Nashville. Not sure what that's all about. They're doing the NHL awards tonight. Chris Letang is a candidate for the Masterton Trophy. Really ought to win it. I'm not saying that as a homer call. I'm saying that as someone who went through all of the various candidates and Letang really, really ought to take this. But before long, the awards will have passed, the draft will have passed, and we'll get to the stuff that everybody's actually interested in, especially in Pittsburgh. That would be free agency. That would be the real moves that you want to see. The draft isn't going to produce that. Uh, Certainly not the actual draft. It might happen on the draft floor, but Dubas couldn't be sending bigger smoke signals than he has in recent weeks in several times now referencing A, the amount of cap space that the Penguins have, which you and I think of as very little because we see, you know, that Tristan Jari's money is part of it. Jason Zucker's money is part of it. It doesn't feel like that's real money because ultimately they've got to replace both of those guys meaning their roles. You've got to have a starting goaltender, and that's expensive, and you've got to have somebody else in the top six unless you're going to take my suggestion and give Drew O'Connor a real shot up there. That's not going to happen. Therefore, therefore, that's also a big chunk of the money. On the other hand, as much as Dubas will openly acknowledge what I just said, meaning that he's got to go get a goaltender and a top six guy, whatever, if he doesn't keep his current pending free agents in the fold, he's he's still coming back to this other concept. He's still coming back to taking on some. Well, listen, instead of me repeating it for you, I'm just going to play the clip. All right. The the asset that we do have right now is we have we have cap space and um, you know nearly twenty million dollars in cap space or, or slightly more. Uh, obviously, some we have some some big needs that we need to fill using that. But what I've seen in the marketplace is that also puts us in position to acquire players from other teams that are, are looking to uh, shed salaries either to become cap compliant outright or uh, different players they want to resign of their own or they have different needs that they've identified. And so this the market has been that way really I think since uh, since the pandemic began and, and the cap went flat where each summer um, teams need to pay a premium to offload people um, or they can try to find a fit um, where maybe there's a team that, that uh, believes it's close to contending or wants to contend can take on players that can still bring in good value without giving up a lot of them giving up their cap space. And to stress this again, he brought this up several other times, and he brought it up even in his introductory news conference. In my experience in covering general managers in multiple sports, they will do this sort of thing 
maybe even subconsciously, because it's what's at the forefront of their thoughts. That's what they're focused on. And maybe they're trying to prep everybody else for it. So where someone else might just see either committed cap space or not enough cap space, he sees enough to go after whatever his primary objective is. And I am telling you, it sounds like his primary objective is spending a whole lot of money on acquiring somebody else's expensive player. Now, read further into that because that's what we can do here. It's just fun. And know that his primary positional objective, and he hasn't been hiding this either, is a franchise-level goaltender. You putting all this together here? Are you coming up with Connor Hellebuck? Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not where I'm taking you, okay? I'm not saying that he wouldn't. He'd be nuts not to reach out to Kevin Day off in Winnipeg and just see what's up. What kind of haul the Jets might be looking for in this scenario, assuming they're even open to it at this stage. I think it'd be kind of crazy not to be open to it, especially heading toward the draft. And you say back, hey, you know, we, we've got draft picks. We've got, well, we got everything except prospects. What do you want? <laughs> it's just, it's just such a bad fit. I, that's why I don't want to take you down the Hellebuck road. But that doesn't mean that he wouldn't have some other goaltender in mind. It doesn't mean he wouldn't have some other player in mind who he'd think would come in and Maybe take Zucker's place, be somebody who's impact on the top six, and then figure out the goaltending position some other way. Remember that among the other hints that he's dropped, whether he intends these to be hints or not, they can safely be called hints. He's talked about the uncertain, unpredictable nature of goaltending. And to me, that feels a little bit like an excuse for having sent the Maple Leafs into the season with... Matt Murray and a couple of prayers this past year. But he's also right. There's a reason the general managers from the beginning of time, for example, have avoided taking goaltenders in the first round. Uh, you just don't know what's going to be a hit, what's going to be a miss. You don't have that many clues. You can look at certain physical traits. You can say, all right, well, he's got the size. He's got this. He's got that. Still doesn't mean anything. If they melt down upstairs doesn't mean anything. But I'll say this last thing myself. If there's one position at which you can feel comfortable, I think, as being the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins this summer in spending a lot, whether that's trade capital, cap space, both, it's that position just because it has to be that position. The Penguins cannot afford to go into the coming season without a top-shelf goaltender. I really believe that. That solves a whole lot of other issues all by itself. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Family Table, a local company that brings delicious food to busy families. They offer family-style complete meals or a la carte items like lean proteins, perfect for muscle building and weight loss. If you're not local, 
gift cards are also available for your Pittsburgh-based family and friends. Go to FamilyTablePGH.com. That's FamilyTablePGH.com. And use the code DK40 or DK40 for 40% off and free delivery on your first order. Order by noon today for Thursday delivery. from Ron who says, DK, I love you, man, but I don't want to see Drew O'Connor on the second line. Third line, fourth line, yeah, maybe with Ryan Paling and Alex Nylander. They need to keep the top six strong. They need a goalie. They need a defenseman. Then they need a third line. Zucker, if he'll take three years. What are your thoughts? I, I, I'll tell you, Ron, that I don't, I don't look at O'Connor being in the top six is any sort of must. I don't believe that in this moment, as you and I are communicating, that he's earned it. I do believe that as an organization, you owe it to your own process and to your own needs to make sure that that door is legitimately open for him in this coming training camp. And you know what I'm talking about because they will slam doors before camp even comes close to being open. And they'll say exactly the opposite. Mike Sullivan will do it himself. He'll say it on the opening day of training camp. Uh, we think, you know, Sam Poulin has a real chance to make this team. We think that Ty Smith has a chance. You can do that into infinity and maybe even believe it, but it's it's not real. And I think where O'Connor is concerned, I think you have to put him in situations, and this is something that Sullivan likes to do early in camps anyway, which is to have prospect-type players play alongside Sid and Gino. Uh, one, so they kind of get that gosh wow out of their system, but two, so that he can see how do they look with skilled players. And these are very much skilled players. And that's more than anything. I hope that happens in camp. You know what Sid and Jake can do together. You know what Gino can do with really anybody that would be paired with him normally, whether it's Rust, Raquel, whatever. Let's see something different. And let's see it in preseason games and scrimmages and so forth. But I am not, repeat, not suggesting that O'Connor get anointed. I don't believe he's there. It's nice that he had the good world championships. Uh, it's nicer still that he had some success, some modest success in the NHL and seemed to get a little bit better over the course of the long season. But no, I'm not ready to just hand it to him. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. And we'll do another one of these tomorrow. Tomorrow.